What's up, what's up, what's up? How's everybody doing? Good. Happy Labor Day. Hey, can we give a round of applause to all the, I mean Memorial Day, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got 8 million things in my mind, I apologize. Can we give a great round of applause to all our veterans that we're honored today? Amen. Amen. And if you are a regular here, we uh, honor the military every week. We, we say welcome to them, and, and uh, God bless you to them on the, online, all watching, watching online, and we thank you very much to all your families. Uh, my father served in the military as well, and we appreciate everything you all done. Uh, we want to say hello to all the campuses, East County, North County. Hopefully I get these right. San Isidro, City Heights. City Heights, City Heights. And uh, all the people watching online. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless you all. Amen. We got an exciting thing. A couple of announcements before we pray. Um, uh, one of our members is in a reality show called Strong, and it's been playing for the last 10 weeks or so. It's a, a bunch of physical uh, athletic trainers who are training uh, people to get in shape. And the finale is this week. He, he's in the finale. His name is Todd Durkin. He's in the finale. I think there's a picture up there right there. And it's, it's going to show at City Heights campus on Thursday. So if you want to check it out. And it's, it's been amazing. He got, he got kicked off the show like the first week. It's like get voted off. He, he, he failed. Or not failed, but he, he got voted off. And then he came back. And now he's in the final. And he's, he's the oldest guy. He's real old. He's 40-something years old. <laughs> And all the other guys are like 20-something. They're all talking trash. And he's the old guy, gray hair, balding, and, and he's whooping their butt. So uh, that's going to be a Thursday at City Heights. Let's give him a big hand. Amen. <laughs> Todd's gym is up in uh, uh, Scripps Ranch. He trains Drew Brees and a bunch of other NFL players, NBA players, Major League Baseball players. And first time I went there, I almost threw up. Uh, I, I, wasn't, I just ate something bad. I wasn't working out. I just... <laughs> um, Last week, we had a, a prayer for healing, and, and, and we talked about science and the I Doubt It series. And if you weren't here last week, we talked about the compatibility of science and God, and, and I thought it was a good sermon. I was excited about it, so, uh, but you should get it. But one of the things we prayed for was healing, and I said, if, if for healing of eyes. And I said, if you have a, a healing, a eye healing, send it to us because today we were going to talk about it. But we had something happen to someone's eyes. We want to show you this video. Okay, I'm, I'm Jerry. I serve on altar call. And uh, we prayed, Pastor Miles prayed this morning, but also our team prayed. And I have 80% restoration of my left eye. I've had retina problems for about the last seven years. I haven't been able to focus out of my left eye for seven years. And today I can see again out of my left eye. And thank God. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Thank you. Amen. I, I, my, uh, I was talking to someone yesterday, my nephew who's in Texas, he's here because my niece had her baby who was up here on Mother's Day. She had a baby yesterday, and, and he was saying a lot of people don't believe in healing. You need to talk to that guy. Amen? You need to talk to that guy. Let's all get on our knees and pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you heal, and Lord, I just pray uh, that you would stir our hearts to just trust you and believe you to do the impossible in our life, not only the physical impossibilities, but the social and relational impossibilities, the career impossibilities we trust you with. And I pray even now as we're on our knees in all our campuses, that you would touch somebody who has a physical ailment, whether it's their eye, their leg, uh, cancer, that you would heal them. And that the doctors would say, I don't understand how that happened. 
Uh, we thank you for Jerry's eye. He had a, a retinal a fold in his retina. And uh, the doctors know that requires surgery, and the surgery is 50%. It'll work. Well, God, you are 100%. And so we thank you. We just pray you would do that in someone's life even now and just blow their mind. Uh, but we thank you for today. We thank you for Danny Woodhead coming here today. We thank you for the testimony and what you've done in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand up and give someone a high five. Amen, amen. If you have a Bible, we're going to lift it up on the count of three, say word. If you have a Bible, <laughs> y'all are so excited. Can't, can't wait to three. One, two, three, say word. Let's go. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to read just a couple of verses that are going to give context to our interview today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And anytime we interview someone, is a chance for us to hear how God is working in someone's life. Danny Woodhead has a, an amazing testimony, but I want to frame it because the, the, it's, it's not only for you to hear it and be entertained and encouraged by, by it, but for you to apply it to your life. First um, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. First uh, Corinthians is the seventh book of the New Testament. It says in verse 18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. In other words, the fact that all of us are sinners and that we had to pay for our own sin with our life, and that, but that God would send his own son to die for us doesn't make any sense. That's just, why would you do that? It's because he loves us. It says the message of the cross is foolishness. Everyone say foolishness. It's like why would someone give their life for me and you want me to surrender my life to someone I hasn't seen? I, I don't get that. Not only is that foolishness, but, but God is glorified in that. God wants to do things in a way that only he can do them. He doesn't want to do things that you get the glory. He wants to get the glory. Look at chapter 2, verse, uh, what did I say? No, I'm looking for, I know I'm looking for something else. Oh, chapter 1, verse 26. Look what it says. Verse 26. Chapter 1, verse 26. We read 18. Look at 26. For you see your calling that not many of you are wise according to the flesh, not mighty, not noble are called. In other words, uh, don't get puffed up to think you're something. God doesn't use you because of you. I'm not up here because I'm smart. I'm not. I'm not up here because I played football. I'm up here just because of God. Okay. So don't, he's, but Miles, don't think it's you or any of you. Don't think it's you. And then it says in verse 27, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. So I will be a fool to confound the wise. Okay. Does that make sense? So God is going to use you for stuff that's way above your, your head and your abilities. Okay. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world to put the things and the things that are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. In other words, God is going to say, I'm going to use little things to do big things. I'm going to use people who aren't very educated to confound the people who are educated. Now, it doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with being educated. But wherever you're at, God's going to use you to do something way above what your abilities are. Does that make sense? Okay. And it says, verse 29, why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. In other words, God wants to do something in your life that you can't explain that you did it. 
This story you're going to hear today is exactly that on many levels. When you see Danny Woodhead come out here today, he's a running back in the NFL where the guys he's running against are over 300 pounds, and he is, you're going to see, not 300 pounds. But not only as you look at him, as you hear his story, you're going to think, man, God is doing, did something in his life and is doing something in his life that he can't take credit for. Why is this important? Because God is going to do something in your life and wants to do something in your life that you can't take credit for. It's not only what he wants to do, it's how he does it. So you may be in a situation now where you're like, God, what are you doing, what are you doing? That's exactly how God works. Don't think something's wrong. No, 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 something's very right. I personally, me, me, am in something right now. I'm like, God, what are you doing? I don't understand right now in my life. And I have to take hold of that. God, I don't understand. Every day I'm praying, God, I don't understand what you're doing. And he goes, just, just wait. So if, you're, if that's where you're at, let this be an encouragement to you. That's how God operates. So we're going to see a video of Danny Woodhead. And then when he comes out, I want us to get on our feet and give him a warm rock welcome. So check the video out and let's give him a warm rock welcome when he comes out. Amen. How are we doing? Hey. How are we? This, how, what is it? <laughs> Horrible? Who, who, who's the man? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm a short white guy. That's just kind of said about the widest way I could, so sorry. <laughs> he, he didn't want to say that for like how long? Oh, I mean, for, for a long time. I, I can't remember the first time I was here. It would have been sometime last year. I think it was for the Hillsong concert, and everyone was saying it. So I was like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not that bold to say it now, but if, <laughs> I, I can say it. Once he, he said, hey, come, come talk with me, I was like, all right, I'm going to say it. <laughs> I felt like I got a great response out of it, too. So, so we'll give you a chance to say it our way. You've got you to yell it out, like, which, which from here. Who's the man? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was solid. I felt like it was good. So it's great to have you here. Hey, I'm so so happy to be here. So happy. We met, uh, I think, two years ago at PAO. It was the first time we talked, and I've been watching you since. I uh, the Patriots, which Correct. a lot of us are not Patriot fans. That's good. Hopefully, uh, we don't have many. I know there's going to be a few, but uh, hopefully not too many. We are the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> So before we get into your story, since you mentioned the San Diego Chargers, what is the question you get asked the most, especially now? Is it about the stadium? You know, that, that's probably been the number one question is, hey, uh, we're here for this year, right? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, isn't that what they decided? So I'm playing, I mean, we're, we're here, and uh, uh, that's, that's what we're excited about. We're excited to be here. Uh, uh, this, is, this is San Diego's team, and uh, we, we, we love it here. We love mm -hmm. it here. You've been in, tell us about, you've been in the league how many years, and 
I'm, I'm going on. Teams. I'm going on nine years, and uh, I had two years in New York with the Jets, three with the Patriots, and this is my fourth in San Diego. And uh, this is. I, I feel like. I feel like I've been here forever. Uh, you know, nothing against those previous two teams. It's just this is this has been home to Good. my family. And your last game last year, you had four touchdowns. It was uh, that was a that was a cool experience. That was uh, it, it was. Uh, you know, we thought could have been the last game in the stadium. Uh, the the experience was phenomenal. The the fans were crazy, and you know, if we could uh, if we could just copy that for every game, that'd be uh, that would be awesome. Let's so let's just do it. Why not? <laughs> let's do it. Let's go back to uh, living in Nebraska, growing up in Nebraska. Tell us about your family, but more importantly, yeah, he's from Nebraska. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we got some Nebraskans. Here. Five people Beautiful. from Nebraska. Beautiful. Cornhuskers. Cornhuskers. Great tell, people. Tell us about growing up there in your house mm -hmm. and when you first met the Lord. I was. Uh, I grew up in a strong Christian home. Both parents served Jesus, uh, so from the get-go, it was all about Jesus. It was all about having a relationship with Christ, and I still remember to this day. I want to say I was, it was three or four, so I can't, I don't remember everything, but it was on a, a rental home we had, green kitchen floor, back by, uh, we, had the, we had the washer and dryer kind of in the back too, and I, I still remember giving my life to, to, to God, and now it's... Uh, However many years later, depending on if that was three or four, 27 years later. So you gave your life at three years old. Mm -hmm. And then you, at, for, for what you knew, walk with God the best yes, you could Yes, and, and, I, and I, I, had, I had great examples. My mom and dad, um, you know, taught me early on, getting the word, pray, and, and, and that it was about a, a relationship with him. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't, hey, we got to go to church. We got to do this. We got to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, church is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Fellowship with believers is unbelievable, and that's who, who keeps you accountable. But it, was, it wasn't a set of rules, and I think that was the biggest thing for me is to, to learn that it's about knowing Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, and he wants to know us, and, 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 and hopefully we all want to know him because it's the greatest relationship mm -hmm. you could be a part of. And, and obviously, amen, and obviously at three years old, you really can't, I comprehend a whole lot. I knew zero. I, I, I knew zero about that. I knew that I liked my uh, my toys, my, my footballs, my basketballs, and and I would draw numbers on my uh, little, whether it be GI Joes, Cowboys, whatever, and I'd make them play football. So I knew about that. That was the relationship I knew. But uh, I also knew that I wanted to have Jesus in my heart, and that's about as far as it went. And so what we're going to go through is is his football ups and downs because. Um, God is more concerned with your holiness and your relationship with him than your happiness in, the, in life. What I mean by that is that we live to have the things we want so we can be happy. And God says, no, no, I want you to be close to me. And sometimes that requires me to not give you the things you want, but the things that are going to draw you close to me. As we listen to this story, I want you to think about your life and possibly how God wants to use the things you're going through in your life to draw you close to him. Because he started at three, but God says now we have a relationship to walk with. And so let's talk about football. And we can go to high school because that's where you kind of came on the scene and talk about your high school, especially your senior year. Yeah, my, my high school career, uh, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty good. And, and I, had, <laughs> I ended up setting the all-class uh, rushing record. And, 
You know, I thought, I, 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 yeah, in rushing yards, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about the college yards. I ran for 2,000 some my last year, but I, you know, you think, okay, you're all state three years in a row. So you all state sophomore, junior, senior year in yes. high school. Okay. And then Mr. Nebraska, Gatorade Player of the Year, whatever it is. Of all uh, football I, plays in Nebraska, because I just yeah, want to get them in Nebraska. Yes, yes, in Nebraska. So. Obviously, that's so. I'm thinking, okay, I got a good chance to get into a Division One offer, but more importantly, the University of Nebraska, and definitely did not happen. It didn't happen. I didn't get uh, didn't get recruited. Iowa, Nebraska, Wyoming, those schools were all recruiting me, and then that my senior year, once they got the film, never got a call back. Okay, let's put this in perspective because. Um Nebraska, the University of Nebraska is historic, you know, uh, great program. All those schools are great programs. You're the number one player in the state, all state, three years in a row. You break the rushing record in the state. Yeah. Okay. And so you might think if, if you ever thought you deserve something, that's deserving something. He should get a scholarship. There's no doubt. And, and that's what I, th- I, I think. Right. I think that's what I thought. Um, How many yards did you have in, your, in high school? I, I don't remember. I, I really don't. It would have been 2,838. I mean, probably 4,800, somewhere in there. And how many touchdowns your senior year? Senior year of high school? Don't know. That was around 30-some. 30 30-some 30 touchdowns? I, yes. In 10 I, games? I, yeah. So three a game. Yeah. Something like that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something really amazing. That's kind in of In other words, I thought I would get a chance <laughs> yes. at playing college football. And by a show of hands, how many think that that would be fair that he get a chance to play college football? Amen. Okay, okay. God is not fair. <laughs> 100%. So when you think I, this should happen, God says, I don't necessarily think like that. But, but, and the reason that's important for you to know is because we get disappointed when, when our expectations aren't met. And God's ways are not our ways. So if, he do, if something else happens, just chill. God, God, I got you. You have to trust him. Does that make sense? Some of y'all are right there right now. Okay, so. So then I ended up, I, I didn't tell you this, don't want to sound oversaved, but uh, <laughs> me, and my, me and my parents started praying about it. Like, God, just tell me where to go. I don't know what's going on. Div- Division two school ended up uh, offering me a, f- a full ride, and my brother was already up there. And. When D1 didn't offer, I ended up going there. And uh, at the time, I didn't know why, but I knew that it was God's plan. I, I knew that 100% that was his plan. And I was like, all right, let's go to Shattern State. Let's go to a town of 6,000 people. <laughs> let's do it. I, and, and I didn't know why, but I was like, let's. And you were there, happen. and you broke the NC2A record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I ran for... I don't remember. It was a little under 8,000 yards in my career. And, um, Put that in perspective. All the colleges in the whole country, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. I went to Division Three, which moved up to Division Two, Division One. All those colleges, he get rushed for more yards than all the running backs in the history at that time yes. of all colleges. Are you following me? Okay, okay, very good. <laughs> so, then what happened? Pros. Yeah, should, I, I how, mean, uh, how many think he should get a shot at the pros? Okay. okay. Then uh, agents were obviously calling teams coming in, and so I'm thinking, cool, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a real opportunity, and I signed with an agent, and uh, getting prepared for the combine, well, guess who didn't come calling? The combine didn't come calling. And 
didn't know why, didn't understand it. I'm like, what, what are we doing, God? Like, I, 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 <laughs> I didn't finish school that, that semester because I'm like, I'm, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go full force. Didn't get that opportunity. I'm like, really? Like, how's, how's, how are they going to see my 40? How's, then God opens a door and uh, Tom Osborne lets me come to the University of Nebraska's Pro Day, which To give perspective, happen. Combine is where they invite all these guys to come uh, do all these drills in front of all the Pro Scouts to see how they're gonna, if they're going to draft him. He wasn't invited to even show his skill. Then the University of Nebraska, which was a Division I school in the same state where he went to Division II, said, come to our pro day at our school as a guest. So you go there. I go there, and I, I'm you know, fortunate enough to, to run pretty fast. How I, fast? It, it was clocked at 4.33 to 4.38. And Put perspective. The Fast Brothers. <laughs> I don't, I, I've, Go ahead. White, white people, I don't think I'm that fast usually. I think, uh, you know, you saw all those angels in the outfield, angels in. I mean, it was angels at Nebraska Pro Day that day. So uh, it, it was, I, I was fortunate. And I, then, I, then I'm leaving there. I'm like, now I see you're playing God. You're going to get me drafted through the Pro Day. So to put your perspective, he, he mentioned about being white. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm real white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the only white running back that's playing in the NFL that actually gets playtime right now. And, and so he goes to the pro day, and, he, and he's a little dude. I mean, he's not, not that big. Not big, not big. He's a little dude, and he runs a 4-3, which is like, hey, okay, if you run a 4-3, you're just like, you need to get that good. Okay, so you run a 4-3. I run a 4-3, and, and, you know, I'm like, okay, this, this is going to get me drafted, and there was talk that it kind of would. Well, come draft day, uh, come the last pick of the draft, and, you know, Danny Woodhead name being called, which I think I was the only Danny Woodhead in the, in the draft. And, but uh, God's like, you're going to New York, New York Jets, uh, furthest, furthest place from Nebraska. Okay, let's get perspective. He didn't get drafted. He's going there as a free agent. How many think that's not right? Okay, but God is in control. God is in control. Then I, I have a, a, a very good off-season, a very, very good off-season in, in thinking as far as like this time, OTAs, minicamp. Then we get to training camp. I'm thinking this, I have a very good shot at making the team. And, and then day two, I, I tear my ACL. And that's when I think things kind of came crashing down. I missed my brother's wedding because it was that same weekend. I couldn't get off. I tear my ACL. I'm an undrafted white running back. And How tall are you? 5'8", so yeah, okay. 200 pounds. Not, the odds are stacked against me in the least. I remember in the van going to get my MRI, talking to my wife, and I said, I'm done. I'm not playing football ever again. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to have anything to do with this. I'm coming home. You know, hopefully I get my workers' comp. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but and ACL's yeah. anterior cruciate ligament in your knee, it's like a year rehab, give or take, nine-month rehab? Yeah, and, and I was like, okay, I'm done. And then, uh, I can't remember if it was in the room, in the waiting room, or after I get off the phone, very angry with, with my wife. And it felt like, felt like God was saying, no, you're going to play. You're going you're gonna to rehab, and you're going to play. Like, bro, like, <laughs> did we not talk about the odds? We, we know what's going on. So we go through that. Rehab was grueling, but... I kept thinking, I'm like, I'm, I don't know how, but I'm going to make the team. I'm not really sure. We fast forward to training camp. I make the team. 
Then they cut me and put me on practice squad, but five weeks later, I'm on the team for the rest of the year. And that's when you're like, all right, you, you, know, you know a little bit more than me. And your, plan, like your plans are higher than mine, and I don't know how it happened, but cool. Like, you're a pretty cool guy. Like, let's keep, keep this rolling. <laughs> then you, you play that year. Play that year. The next year, make the team again, play one game, get cut. And, like, and explain to you what being cut means is that you sign a contract to even just get on the field, and when they cut you, they take your contract and they void it. You, they don't have to pay you anything. Matter. You're just done. You go home and you're fired. And whether the contract was three, four, whatever years, it's gone. And you don't, they don't owe you anything. You're just gone. So then my wife and I are like, okay, we're driving back to Omaha, Nebraska. There, were, there was a lot of time of that trip that not a lot was said. And then there's plenty of time where we're talking about who knows what because it wasn't about football. And, and I really didn't have a ton of film. So I'm thinking this, this really could be the end, babe. Like... I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. We get home Thursday night. All right, go to bed, wake up the next morning. That Friday evening, we get a call from my agent. He's like, hey, uh, New England might want to sign you. I'm like, yeah, they're playing the Jets on Sunday. Of course they want to sign me. <laughs> they want their playbook. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> they, don't care. they don't care about what I can do on the field. And then I get in and... Uh, I get there, uh, they're like, fly out 5.30. Well, guess what? Mechanical problems in the plane. So I'm like, okay, I'm never going to sign. But uh, yeah. the deadline was... The deadline was like, it's either 4 or 5. I couldn't remember, 4 or 4.35 to get paid that week. And I'm, at that time, I'm like, a week's check would be nice, especially if they're only getting my playbook. So we get there three minutes before the deadline because of mechanical problems. like... Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I don't know where my next check's coming from, but I know I got this week's check. And, and I, I'm so thankful for that. The next day, their third down running back actually gets hurt. Um, then I go in on Monday, and I meet Coach Belichick, and he's like, well, you might get an opportunity. We'll see how practice goes. So I'm like, okay, now that puts pressure on me. I go out, end up having the best week of practice probably of my career. End up being in two-minute drill, no huddle stuff after three days of practice and end up scoring a touchdown on my second carry. It was like a 38-yard run. Getting back, we have a great game, get back to the extended stay. I look at my wife, I'm like, what, what, what did God do? Like, because it was really like to the point where like, yeah, I'm trusting you, God, but like, what is going on? What, what, what's happening? And then, and, and then, the touchdown happens, and I'm like, babe, like, I don't know what's happening, but this is God. This isn't me. And the next week, I score on Monday night. I, the Monday week night I, is a Monday night football. It's a big thing. Everybody <laughs> watches the game. Yeah. I just, just want to make sure. No, you know I don't want to lose fair. people. They're like, what was on Monday night? I, I Completely <laughs> fair. Not last Monday. I thought they played on Sunday. <laughs> and then the next week, I end up having over 100 yards on offense. That's the length of the football field. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, things kind of escalated fast and uh, ended up having a, a very, a very good career while I was in New England also. So through all these ups and downs, because um, you, you, all these apparent unfair things are happening and, and these apparent deserved opportunities are not coming, 
And these are the things that happen to all of us. Amen? What is God telling you? Because you gave your life to him at three, so you're aware of his presence in your life and your walk with him. What is he telling you through all of this? You know, the, the thing, and, and like he said, it, it, mine is because I play professional football, so everyone sees it. But I, I think not initially right when it happens, but after I'm really angry for about three hours, four hours, five hours a day, then I come to the realization, and it's like, God's just like, hey, hey trust me. You know, trust me. I, just just kind of give it to me, surrender. And I, and I saw this in my parents growing up, so... Yeah, I, I, had a, I had an advantage. We, sing, uh, four kids, my dad was a teacher and a coach, didn't have any money. There was plenty of times we didn't really have enough money for groceries. Groceries would show up on our doorstep or a check would be in the mail. So I, I, I understood that you know, he's going he's gonna to take care of us no matter what it is. And so that's what it looked like is, all right, dude, like, I, don't, I don't have a clue what you're doing. But like, here I am. And... And, and so, like, that's the only thing. You get to a point, and it's like, what, what do I do? Well, when you don't know what to do, just give it to him. Like, that's, it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's the hardest thing in the world. But when you do it, you never, ever are, are going to be left alone. You're not alone. So, so there's people right now here in one of our campuses, four campuses out there that, um, in their own way, they're going through that now. They, there's things happening in their life that they, they're mad. They're hurt. Um, they don't understand. They're frustrated at God, um, and they don't. They don't know how to do that. So, in a minute, we're going to pray for you because there's some of you who need to surrender your burden to God, and there's some of you who've never asked Christ to be your Savior. You need to give your life to God because you've been trying to do everything your way. But what would you say to them as they're saying, "I don't. I don't know how to do that." You know, uh, the the thing is. Uh, the, the last injury I just had, I broke my ankle, fibula, microfractures all in, in my foot. And uh, I came across this verse, very, very, uh, everyone knows it, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, yada, yada, yada. Well, I looked at it in the message during that, during that injury. The message is another, another translation, translation of the Bible. But it says, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything, the one who makes me who I am. In. Can you read it again really slow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little, little much. Whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And now, yes, that's for an injury. That's, that was the time of my life. And uh, the only thing I know is that the Bible's the truth. And, and I'm going to live by the truth. So, you know what? If it comes from the Bible, I'm good. But... When I was in that situation, I was down. I was, I was, it was like, what's going on, Lord? But it, said, but it wasn't like, I can do all things. I can do touchdowns. I can, no, no, no. It means when life sucks. Can I say that? You can say that. Okay. <laughs> when, when life sucks. You just did. <laughs> yeah, I did. But when it's a struggle, like, whatever you're going through, like, you're going to be cool. Now, it doesn't mean life's going to just be pretty all the time. Because it's not. But you know, you know what the thing is? If, if you give your life to him, if you surrender your, your struggles or just everything is what I try to do. I just try to give everything every day when I'm driving the car. Lord, uh, it's yours, it's yours, everything's yours, football's yours, my family's yours. 
Every, you know, when I say it's not all pretty, well, that's all pretty. You know, if, if you're giving your life to God, if you give everything to him, yeah, there's going to be tough times, but you know what? In the end, you got him, and you don't need nothing else. Amen. When someone says, it's all yours, I give it to you, another way of saying that is, God, you can do with it whatever you want. When you get anxious and angry, um, mad, frustrated, it is because you are not getting what you want. If you think of every time you get mad and frustrated about anything, it is because you are not getting what you want. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 1, where do wars and fights come from? They come from our desire for pleasure or the things that we want. But if you say, I don't, I, I want this, but it's okay if you take it, then it's okay. Because if I'm holding this Bible or a toy, a little kid, and you try to take a toy out of a kid's hand, they hold and you fight, that's anger. I, I don't want to let it go. But once the kid says, okay, I would like it, but okay. Okay, once you do, you, that's surrendering to you. God, I would like that job. I would like to date that person. I would like to have that salary. But you know what? It's okay if you want something different. That's surrendering to it. And so I want to I pray for some of y'all in here because some of y'all are holding on to something. Your life is not what you want. Your circumstances are not what you want today. You think it's unfair. And you've seen him. He just told you all these things that from the outside would be, that's not fair, that's not fair, that's not fair. God said, I decide righteousness. I don't go by fairness. I'm not doing things based on comparisons to people. I'm doing things on what my plan is for your life. And that's where faith has, faith has to say, God, I don't understand, but I'm okay. I surrender it to you. Okay? Does that make sense? Before I pray for them, what is one thing we could pray for you? You know, I think uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things. But, you know, uh, I, th I think when it comes down to it is that uh, um, obviously that I, I represent, you know, you know, Jesus in as much as I can. Obviously, I'm going to fail. But I think just in the world that I'm in, just like every one of you, like you want to represent him in your job. You, you want to represent him in your family. And, and I think that's, that's what it is, represent Jesus just in my life, whether it be work or whether it be raising my three kids and being a great husband to my wife. Well, I play, I play running back in Pop Warner. Okay. That's good, too. Please, please don't laugh. That's, please that's don't good. laugh at me. Because <laughs> that was pretty good as a Pop Warner. Uh, it was my favorite, favorite position to play. I got to play uh, when I was playing with the Chargers. I got to play on the scout team two weeks in a row. Oh, nice. Oh, I loved it. Nice. I was, the scout team is where we, we put on, the, we play the other team. And so I, even though I play defense, I said, I want to play offense. I was Marcus Allen one week, and I, the other week I can't remember who I was. And I played against our team. It was like, it was awesome. Best time of your life. Huh? Best time of your life. Oh, best, best time of my life. <laughs> um, uh, so I've been watching you for a long time since, since New England going, look at this little dude. I was Division Two. So I was, I've been a fan, and your countenance shows humility. And so you do represent from your countenance that there's something different about you and, and God honoring about you. So I want to affirm that. We're going to pray for that, but okay. I want to affirm that in your life as well. Hey, amen. Thank you very God much. God bless you. God bless you. Let's, let's all, amen, amen. Let's give him a big hand.
when we lift our hand, when we extend our hand on someone, it's almost uh, symbolic of God reaching his hand and touching on someone. So we just want to extend our hand towards him as we pray. Lord, we thank you for Danny. We thank you for his witness and his life. We thank you for the platform you've given him. We thank you for his humble heart. We thank you for his story that uh, he could have easily never made the pros and been working in Nebraska at some regular job and no one would even remember outside of Nebraska all the things that he did in football. But you brought him through all that, that not only can he talk about football, but he could talk about you and how you used all that in his life. So we pray you bless him, that he would be a great dad, a great husband, and a great witness, not only in San Diego, but throughout the nation, and use the platform, the NFL, to honor Jesus. You can put your hands down, but please keep your eyes closed and heads bowed. There are some of you listening in, in, in our campuses that uh, your life is where Danny's was a few years ago. You're going through something hard right now, and you don't understand why God is doing what he is doing. You think it's unfair, it's not right, God is not just, he's not loving you, when in fact, that's exactly what he's doing. All he wants you to do is open your clenched fist and let go of your life. He wants you to surrender it to him. He wants you to tell him, God, you can do with my life what you want. Even though I hurt, even though I'm frustrated, even though I don't like where I'm at, I trust you. And I surrender. I surrender my things to you. I surrender my life, my pain, my opportunities. If you would like to surrender your burdens to God, if you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, I want you to pray a prayer with me. It is a prayer of surrender. It may be a prayer for salvation. It may be a prayer for comfort. But I want you to pray this prayer, and it is simply going to be you opening your hands and saying to God, I surrender my life to you. You can do with it what you want. I trust you. I don't understand. But I understand because you're smarter than me and your ways are not my ways. You know things I don't know. But I open my hands because I trust you. So in the privacy of your heart, if you would like to surrender your life to Christ, just pray this prayer. Pray in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear Jesus, I trust you. I know you love me. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my sin. So I know he loves me. And I trust you. I surrender my sin to you. I surrender my pain to you. I surrender the scary unknown to you. And I receive the Spirit of God into my heart. I receive forgiveness, salvation, comfort hope, a new beginning. Jesus, my hands are open. My life is yours. My burden is yours. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand. And by standing, you are acknowledging publicly that you are surrendering your life, your burden, your pain, your scary unknown to Jesus 
And yes, we're going to ask you to do it publicly as he died and rose publicly. He, was su he suffered publicly. We're asking you to surrender your life to him publicly. So I'm going to count to three. If you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And in all our campuses, there's going to be someone there to pray with you and celebrate for you. So I'm going to count to three. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And by the way, if you're with your family and you want them to stand with you, just grab their hand and say, can you go with me? Stand with me. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. One, two, three. Just stand to your feet. God bless you. Good. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. Good. God, stay standing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good. Stay standing. Good. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. Now I'm going to ask all y'all who are standing, I'm going to ask you in a second to just come down to the altar. And as you do, we're going to cheer for them, encourage them. So if you're standing, come on down to the altar and let's give them a hand. Come on. Let's give them a big hand and come on down. God bless Stay right there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Big hand. Let's give him a big hand. Come on. Come on. God bless you. 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 A lot of times life, a lot of times life doesn't make sense. Amen. Welcome to the club. That's life. That's life. And uh, if you ever think, when will my problems ever go away? Completely they'll go away when you go to heaven. So don't, don't think something's not right. Maybe I'm not walking with God. No, no, no. No, no, no. God, God is drawing you close to him. And just keep holding on. It hurts. It's frustrated, frustrating. I get it. I get it. But God is faithful. Amen. We're going to pray for y'all, and then we're going to cheer them all the way into that room. And if you're new, uh, this is not a time, this service is not over. After we get them into that room, after that, Pastor Marcus will come pray us out. Amen. Lord, thank you for all these people. Thank you for their faith in you. Thank you for their trust in you. We pray you encourage them and you bless them. And Lord, I pray you encourage all of us in our journey. Thank you for Danny's testimony. And thank you for reminding us, no matter what the circumstances look like, you are there. Jesus' name. Amen. Take a right turn and walk this way. Take right here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Amen. Amen. Let's give a big hand. Amen.
real quick, where, where's that young lady? Can she come here real quick? Are you her mom? Are you, are you, you're her sister, come. Yes, 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 real quick. Bring a camera. You got a phone? Okay. You gotta be real strong. I'm gonna lift you up here. Okay, ready? Ready? One, two, three, jump. Okay, take a picture. Go take a picture. Go take a picture real quick. Give him a hug. Give him a hug. <laughs> okay, be real careful. Okay, Pastor, give Danny a big hand. Give Danny a big hand. Amen. Thanks again, Pastor Miles and Danny, for joining us, man. That was a super blessing. Why don't we have a seat before we, before we close up? But as I was hearing Danny's message, it reminded me of this great verse in, in Luke 16.10. And the Bible talks about, you know, if we're faithful, if we can be trusted with the little, God will trust us with a lot. And if we're dishonest or we're, we're unfaithful with the little, then we'll be dishonest with a lot. You know? And uh, God's a good God. And living for the Lord is a life of adventure. And as we celebrated these people coming to know the Lord, let's also celebrate this time to give. Can I hear amen? Yes. I, I don't know where you guys are today. I don't know where you are with, with thinking what we deserve, right? Thinking what, what should be coming to us. But I love Danny's story of just trusting God all along the way. Trusting God. And his story is all about God's glory, you know, and that should be our story too. And, and giving our lives to the Lord and giving everything we have to the Lord, just saying, Lord, here's my life, here's my finances, here are my relationships, Lord. I give them to you and I trust you. And along the way, man, you may be doing some stuff I don't understand, but I trust you. There are several ways to give here to trust the Lord with our finances. Those of you guys watching online, there's a button. You can just click right there. Many of us here automate the important. You can set that up at sdrock.com give if you want to do that. Just the first fruit, the very first thing goes straight to the Lord. Also, many of you give via text. We thank you for that as well. Also, there's this envelope. You can give using the envelope right here, and there are exits everywhere you go and boxes at those exits. But we thank you for being faithful and allowing God to use us to share his love. Can I hear amen? Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you for all those lives coming forward, Lord. And as I saw that little girl just smiling, wanting to connect with Danny, Lord, just reminded of all the people walking forward every Sunday, crying, smiling, Lord, lifting their hands to you, wanting to connect with you, Lord. So I just pray that you would take these resources, that you would multiply them, Lord, that you would bless those that are being faithful with a little, bless those that are being faithful with a lot, Lord, and just multiply it for your glory, Lord Jesus. We praise the things in your name. Amen. We've got our pastoral support team right here that would love to connect with you guys. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll see you next week.